Uh, it's now time to hear God's word. And the topic of our sermon today is seized for our sins. We'll be reading from the book of um, Isaiah 52, 13 to Isaiah 53, 13. So please turn with me, uh, Isaiah 52, 13, to Isaiah 53, verse 13. And if we are there, I'll go ahead and read. See, my servant will act wisely. He will be raised and lifted up and highly exalted. Just as there were many who were appalled at him, his appearance was so disfigured beyond what that of any man and his form marred beyond human likeness. So will his pingle many nations and kings will shut their mouths because of him. For what they were not told, they will see. And what they have not heard, they will understand. Who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a shoot out of dry ground. He has no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and familiar with suffering. Like one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows. Yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us turned to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away, and who can speak of his descendants? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgressions of my people, he was stricken. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. Though he had not done anything wrong, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet... It was the Lord's will to crush him and to cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life a guilt offering, he will see his offering, offspring and prolong his days. And he and the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. After the suffering of his soul, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. And his knowledge, my righteous servant, will justify many, and he will bear the iniquities. Therefore, I will give him a portion among the great, and he will divide the spoils with the strong. 
because he poured out his life unto death and was numbered with the transgressors. For he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Let's pray together. Our Father and our God, we thank you for your word that is about to come to us. We thank you for your servant, Reverend Kasim. We want to present him to you. We ask him that we ask you that you would be pleased to use him as a mouthpiece, that you would speak your word to us through him. We ask that uh, by the power of the Holy Spirit, your word will come out in simplicity and clarity, and that you to challenge us even to be more godly and to do your will and purposes this morning. We thank you and we honor you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Elder Kakoi, for leading us the service very well. Like they used to say, unaongoza viema. So thank you very much. And uh, let me thank the elders for really finding time to come here. I know, and they don't have the time to tell you, but you don't know how special. All of you, please, we are hearing uh, about uh, um, the third wave uh, of uh, COVID-19. Please uh, be vigilant. Be very, very vigilant. Right now, we have very many friends, family friends. Families, entire families that are down with uh, COVID-19 right now. And it's uh, very sad. Even after this, um, we just have to uh, make some um, um, virtual meetings with some of them to encourage. Let's be vigilant. In this church, we arrange uh, seats uh, because of the capacity for families. So that if you're a family, make sure you sit this side with your family. The rest, make sure you find uh, your own space, including even sitting outside there. But... But the Lord is on our side. Let's do the best that we can. These are very many uh, verses that uh, Elder Kakui has read. Very many, but uh, it's not a very sweet uh, story there. It's not a wedding in Cana. It's not even a healing somewhere, practically. Uh, it is a portion of scriptures that is, has a sad mood, a very sad mood. But what does it mean to you? What's the summary of these verses that you hear? It's about suffering, it's about oppression. It's a sad mood, therefore the sermon today has a sad tone. But uh, some happiness and joy will come out of it towards the end. Because we are living in a world shaped by violence, oppression and injustice, that's, that's where we are. The majority of the world population today are frustrated by corruption, which has resulted in loss of profitability in businesses, loss of job opportunities, and for the poor, increased prices of basic commodities. So we are talking about mass suffering because of injustice and quite often, may I suggest, lack of faithfulness. In marriages, in relationships, lack of faithfulness and therefore also being um, unjust to one another. There are many individuals often ignored by those of us who have the privilege and the means to look elsewhere, who bear the sins of many and carry much pain into their bodies. So the coronavirus pandemic, for example, could be a baby of injustice and unfaithfulness in our generation. Yes, I think we keep saying that. And this could be, I suggest, it could be a baby of injustice and unfaithfulness in our generation. Now, suffering, tears, and hopelessness has led to abnormal behavior and uh, societal breakdown. We need a model to look at and obtain some answers to this endless spiral of tears that we seem to have. And uh, this would be Jesus Christ himself 
what other model can we have except the Lord? Because it is there that we find justice. Everywhere else we find injustice. The natural thing, the natural thing um, to believe about someone suffering the kind of horror and violent suffering that Jesus experienced on the cross of Calvary is that a person must have done something terribly wrong. However, centuries later, Isaiah highlights what Paul and Peter would later teach in Romans 5, uh, 6 to 10 and 1 Peter 2, uh, verses 18 to 24, that Jesus' suffering was that of an innocent one, punished for the sake of the guilty evildoers. Who in this uh, generation will do that? Everybody for himself, God for us all. We keep hearing that. I see people uh, uh, who, are, uh, who are families, and they have very little money. They just go to Kibarua and they get little money. And you see them in butcheries eating. And I wonder whether the families will eat. Everybody for himself, God for us all. Only Christ can die for the, for the, for the evildoer. Now let us interpret what the prophet Isaiah wrote in these verses. Very many verses that we've seen. Uh, chapter 52, verse 13, all the way to cross to 53, uh, uh, verse 1 to 13. Firstly, Isaiah has been called of God to prophesy to a hopeless, beloved Israel. Hopeless not only for their current suffering, because they were actually suffering, but for their foreseen uh, suffering when they go to exile. They have not yet gone. They are yet to go. And Isaiah sees them going, and they are going to suffer even more than what they were suffering at that time. He is called to speak hope, grace, and restoration. This is the mood. Although he begins on a sad note, the whole idea is that this is supposed to bring hope and restoration and grace so that whatever may come your way, the Lord is on your side. He does all this in the first 39 chapters of Isaiah. Now Isaiah seems to talk about a mystery guest yet to come. So he's saying, look at what is going to happen. There's going to be exile. There's going to be even deeper suffering. But there is a guest. There is a mystery guest that will come. So he introduces that guest around here. And, um, and, and then uh, the, he talks about the servant of the Holy One, who is Yahweh. He says that guest, my mystery guest that I'm talking about, is sent by Yahweh, the Holy One of Israel, whom they knew as the Holy One. God was the Holy One called Yahweh in their, in their, in their, in their, in their economy. And therefore, Yahweh is sending a servant. He's sending a, a guest, my mystery guest that I'm not yet disclosing who this is. So who is this servant of Isaiah's prophecy? Isaiah definitely has a mystery guest. The Jews interpreted this to mean Israel. Now this is the idea. Because previously, Israel was referred to as the servant of God. Why? Because they made the nations know God through them. When he was performing miracles, like crossing the rivers and the seas and everything, they would call him the God of Israel. So Israel became the servant of God because God would be known through them. So when he is talking about the servant of the Holy One, they definitely thought it is Israel. Oh, so Isaiah is talking about the servant. It is Israel. And up to this day, the Jewish interpretation is actually them, Israel. But God can actually, is a, actually God can use anybody. God has always called unique characters as servants. It is not just Israel. 
He names Nebuchadnezzar as a servant. He called him my servant. He, because he would accomplish his will. He also named Cyrus, the cruel Cyrus, a servant. Jews had a right, of course, to, to, to take Israel to be their servant. And true, Israel would later go into exile and suffer deeply as slaves only to overcome and be restored back to Jerusalem. So the prophecy would come true because of what they would go through when you look at the verses there. But this is uh, then the argument today that I want to bring to you that he was not talking about Israel. I begin the debate, I begin the explanation early that it is not about Israel. The mystery servant is not Israel. This interpretation may actually contribute in part to Jews continuing up to this day to reject that Jesus Christ is the Messiah who is Isaiah's guest, mystery guest. But we have Christian interpretation backed by 45 now, 40. You know, Isaiah has already explained up to 39. So chapter 40 to 45 is a Christian interpretation of the guest that Isaiah is talking about. So uh, he writes to in, 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 in the form of a pinnacle. These chapters from 40 to 15, about 15 chapters, Isaiah changes. Not the narrative, uh, the, the style of the story, but the form of a pinnacle, the form of a song that it's like a song. The mood is like a song. So um, uh, sometimes uh, this has come to be known as the poem of the suffering servant. It's like a poem. It's like a song. So they are actually four poems. Those 15 chapters have only about four poems as follows. And the main aim is to provide uh, tips that guess, the guest is not Israel, but Christ. Hence, the Christian interpretation. So now we have song one. Song one, this is still introduction so that we go to quickly to finish with, uh, with our scriptures, which is going to be poem number four. So poem number one is about his personality, Isaiah. Isaiah from chapter 42, uh, all the way from uh, the, the 10 verses there, is that the guest that Isaiah is talking about is actually spirit-filled. Therefore, the whole argument is the guest is not you, the guest is another one coming. That one will be filled with the Holy Spirit. Therefore, he will be just, not like you, Israel. Isaiah warned his listeners and readers about the foolishness of idols, which he then contrasted with the expected servant. The Holy One of Israel is going to achieve the hope, grace, and restoration promised in the first 39 chapters through this mystery guest. And in contrast to an empty wind, which uh, he explained to them in chapter 41, verse 29, the servant is going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy One um, has put his spirit in a servant. That was not Israel, because Israel did not walk in the Spirit of God. And then he goes again to chapter 49. Chapter 49, he is talking about like the second poem, and it is about his calling. This servant will be filled with the Holy Spirit. Number two, he will have a calling. Now, Isaiah's guest was going to be the conduit, you know, for God's coming salvation for Israel and the nations. He makes a call to listen. He says, listen, you children of Israel, listen, listen. You know, verse 1, using this same Hebrew term, the Holy One of Israel, who is Yahweh, has persistently called his people to listen to him. 
meaning that uh, this guest is a prophet. He is a prophet who purifies souls, meaning that you get purified, the soul is purified by words. Not necessarily by soap, but by words. That you say that your visit has cleansed me. Your visit has refreshed me. Although you did not come with a soap, you have, your words have cleansed me. So this prophet was coming, that the prophet was coming to cleanse people with his words. So this, the idea is that the servant is coming back to speak God's authority. His use of the integrity words, imagery words, like and arrows, he's talking about swords. He is using swords. You've heard swords and arrows. The idea is that he will be very accurate. The words he speaks will be very accurate, like swords and arrows, because you must aim. And the, the, the accuracy of the guest and the, how the word will penetrate, it will bring purity and the power in the power of the, of the scripture. The scripture will bring purity. And uh, a lot of power. So he's actually an individual, therefore, and not communal Israel. If it is a prophet, then Israel is not a prophet. How can you have the entire Israel to be a prophet? No. This one, his calling is that of a prophet who cleanses through the words. So then, the prophet is an individual, not Israel. And this is the argument in the form of a poem. Song number three, or poem number three, is found in chapter 50. And the, he's talking about his determination. The servant will be spirit-filled. The servant will be a prophet, the calling of cleansing. And number three, his determination. The guest is determined to remain obedient. When you look at chapter 50, verse 1 to 11, this is something that Israel was not. Israel was disobedient, but Isaiah's guest will be obedient. He is determined to remain obedient. By this perfection, because of his obedience, perfect obedience, this will lead to further rejection. He will be rejected. In fact, he will not only be despised, he will be rejected. He will also be physically um, assaulted, as we see in verse uh, 6. Yet he will be able to endure it all as the Holy One of Israel helps this servant. It is the Holy One of Israel who sends this servant. Even when he is despised, even when he is rejected and physically abused, he will not die. Just like that, he will not quit because he will get help. Just like Paul says that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. How can you survive this life without the one who helps you, who gives us to triumph? And number four, the fourth Poem is where we are now. And it is talking about his availability. So Isaiah continues to sing to the listeners that the servant that is coming, the mysterious servant, will be filled with the Holy Spirit, will be um, a, a, a prophet, will be determined to obedience. And the, the last thing is he will be available. The excitement pulses through chapter 51 and 52 because God comforts his people. He will be available to you. This is the whole idea. Now by now you know it is not you. It is another servant. But he will be with you. He will bring hope, joy, gladness, and thanksgiving. His salvation will last forever. 
and Zion will again be beautiful and strong even after you have come out of exile. The servant will, all, will, will be all Israel was not and he will do all Israel could not do because he will perfectly obey the Holy One of Israel. Now it is now time to summarize the fourth poem which brings out the message that this guest of Isaiah who by now is clearly our Lord and, and Savior Jesus Christ was seized for our sins. And hence the title, Seized for Our Sins. Last Sunday we discussed that he was seized from the beginning. And so were we seized from the beginning because there was a plan that we don't have to walk too much free to ourselves. Even as Paul later says, I am a slave, the Lord Jesus Christ. He was seized and as we follow him, we get into that mood of wanting to be seized because we were seized from the beginning, as Christ himself was seized from the beginning. Isaiah is going to demonstrate that he was targeted, that Christ was targeted. He was seized, he was captured for the sinner. He was targeted and sacrificed from the beginning, from the heavenly throne to a dusty and mannerless world of sinners. And he was born, he was born and finally he would die. He was never going to get the privilege we enjoy today, my brothers and sisters. He never drove nice cars. He never lived in, in nice mansions. Jesus Christ is not told like having lived in the house where I've lived. I have lived in a small house and I have lived in a middle house. I probably have never lived in a very big house. But uh, even that one, Christ never enjoyed that. He never got a chance to experience love in marriage. After this, I am blessed to go with my wife and my children, probably to eat together and talk about family. Jesus never got the privilege. He did not have the joy of having his own family. He did have the privilege of fashion and political fame. All of you, you know fashion. The, the tops that are coming and the shirts that are coming. We know, we know that, uh, we know the, the traditional attire that is coming now. And we, please don't be left behind all the time. Um, please, not all the time. Uh, don't become uh, a slave to fashion, but uh, always uh, live because you are living with people. But Jesus did not have the privilege to follow fashion. He did not have the privilege to become famous. That was his life. Clearly, Isaiah's mystery guest was Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And what does Isaiah say of him in this song of five stanzas? So this song from chapter 52 to 53 is about five stanzas. It's just a song like a poem of five stanzas and it's arranged into three. And uh, he's talking about Jesus as a victim of human oppression. Now this is the first stanza as we come to an end. Now we're just there. The first stanza in the song, in the poem, in the poem is this. This is the introduction. The first one is actually verses uh, chapter two, 52. 52, we have only three verses. We left all the other verses. And we have only 13, around uh, 13 to, to, to 15. And the promise, the idea is that the promise of the victim's ministry. He is going to be a victim of oppression. So the victim ministry will actually accomplish what Israel couldn't. Although he's oppressed, although he looks vulnerable, although he has not enjoyed what every human being would enjoy, even through that, he will accomplish the will of God. 
So God promised uh, that his servant will be exalted. That's what we have heard. He doesn't start projects of failure. God, the, one of, the Holy One of Israel, doesn't start projects that he does not finish. Actually, one of the things that God hates is starters who never finish. Starters who do what? Never finish. Would you like to remind someone, God hates starters who never finish. If you can just turn to someone. God hates starters who never finish. He is a starter and he is a wonderful finisher. This is why Paul says he is the author of my faith and he is also the finisher of my faith. He starts things that he finishes. He is not like Israel. He is not like us. God promised that this servant will be exalted in the end. Although his body will be destroyed, disfigured beyond attraction, this is what he says, disfigured and marred. Because it shall be marred or spoiled in verse 14. He will accomplish God's plan of redemption. I would like you now to please go back to, to your Bible where you've read and look at the verses as they flow so that we finish together. Now we are in verse 14. And uh, in verse 15, he will accomplish God's plan of redemption by sprinkling, meaning cleansing the nations. This is why he is a prophet with the words that cleanse the souls. He sprinkles, he cleanses the nations with his blood. He, cle this, he cleanses because the cleansing is actually so powerful that the kings will see no fault in him. And they will shut their mouths. You remember, Pilate later saw no fault and washed his hands. He couldn't stand the power of the coming cleansing. He cleanses and they find no fault. The kings will shut their mouth. Pilate closed his mouth. He washed his hands. He said, you want, you want Barnabas? I wash my hands because I find no fault. Even during a lot of accusations. Now stanzas 2, 3, and 4 are what some have called the prophetic picture of the gospel now. That was just introduction. Saying that God will finish what he starts. Now in stanza 2, which is now exactly chapter 53. That's where we are now, verse 1. Up to three, it is the house stanza. So, Isaiah says, Jesus will grow in an ordinary way in the villages, and he will take time to be human and trained in his human life. So, there's going to be a school of life. I think during Corona, we used to hear it is a school of, university of uh, the students. We were told that it is a university of life, because they are back home, they are learning very many things, we should, we should teach them how to grow things, as they wait because I wasn't learning. So yes, Jesus would go through the university of life, the school of life, and he was constru constructed in so much simplicity that nothing as attractive, well, nothing would be attractive in his looks actually. No beauty that we could desire him. This is what the scripture is saying. The, the, the poshness, beauty, and the fame breathe sin. Did you know that? When you are very famous, when you are very posh, when you are very beautiful, you are actually likely to breed sin. How? Even jealousy. Even jealousy. If I look anyhow and I'm just my life there, who will be jealous of me? But when I become the Mweshimiwa, when I become the outstanding, a few people could become jealous of me. But Jesus was constructed in much simplicity that there is no fame that uh, he makes, he makes, because Fame and poshness makes path, you know, to lostness. But his 30 years school of life taught him to persevere rejection and to learn how to persevere. He was a man of sorrow 
and he was actually acquainted with grief. This is what the scriptures told us. Nowhere have we ever heard that Jesus laughed. By the way, did you hear anywhere? Is it written anywhere that Jesus laughed? You have interacted with the Bible a lot of times. Anywhere that Jesus laughed, where? Even during the wedding, he was busy turning water into wine. Not laughing. The other day we were talking about the beatitude, the blessing of uh, being mournful, the mourning Christian, is that there is too much laughter, too much celebration in this life that a Christian engages in that you forget to mourn for the lostness of souls. Thirty years school of life without doing anything, he was busy learning. And there is nothing as painful as his rejection and dissertation. Oh, sorry, desertion. You know, Lucia and I dread one thing that we fear. We don't fear that we go without food. But one thing that we fear is that we shall be deserted by these, these wonderful children of ours. When they grow up, when they grow up, that they are likely actually to desert us. They don't look like they will desert us, but we fear because we, we have seen uh, people who desert. Uh, in, in, Kuala, in Kuala, we are doing ministry with people who are old and nobody. In fact, we are making roofs. We are making roofs in Kuala. An old man who has no roof and the children are at the beach. They are having their good time. They are married. They are making money. But they are forgotten about them. There is nothing as bad as being forgotten. This is our life. We get forgotten. We get rejected. We get often deserted. Even the young people, most of the stresses and the depression and why they are using drugs when we interact, they say that I was in a relationship and I was left. I was rejected. I was deserted. And this is causing a lot of emotional problems. It is very painful to be deserted, but Christ learned to be deserted. Christ learned to be forgotten. You know, even after burial, you'll be deserted. You better learn how to be and be grow strong. Brethren, please, come on. Wake up and grow strong. Develop a hard, thick skin because you will be deserted, even if not in this life. They will bury you and they will go home and they will leave you there. Everybody will be deserted. I, we are, I remember how we deserted my father. We buried him, everybody, and we left him there on his own and his own grave and we went. We shall be deserted. But the training was necessary so that he understands you and become one who will never desert you. He becomes the champion of the rejected. Somebody say amen. He is the champion of the rejected. He has gone before you. If you have been rejected before, in love, where you work, by your colleagues, he is the champion, is the captain of our salvation, the captain of the deserted. Song number three, or stanza number three, sorry, the stanza number three is what? The what stanza? It is from verse four to six. Not only would Jesus live lonely, he would be brutally punished. In fact, people will assume he is uh, afflicted by God. This is what the scripture is saying. This is still common to us, a feeling that God is afflicting us. Even right now as you sit there, as you think about the suffering of Christ, you're probably there asking yourself, why? Why me? Why is everybody else getting a job and not me? Why is everybody getting a husband and not me? Why is everybody getting a wife quickly and not me, even the ones who are younger? Why not me? Why me? This is a very big question. A common and sometimes you think it is God. This, this week we were dealing, I was dealing with a case where someone is blaming God. It is God who is responsible for this. But Jesus would be pierced. He would be crushed for our sins. His perseverance would bring us peace and healing. This is what the scripture says. His, his 
Perseverance and courage will bring us peace and healing. How? Your perseverance and courage actually during hard times can bring peace and healing to others. I have borne piercings in this life just like you. And some people have seen me bearing where I would do something but I've kept quiet. And during those hard times, I, I had someone come to me and tell me, Pastor, that time he, she actually said, Dad, I am encouraged by your courage when you are pierced. Your courage during hard times will heal someone. This is the idea here, that his courage when he will be pierced, when he will be crushed, that courage shall heal you. It shall bring you peace. Pray that the Lord will give you the grace that you persevere and you show courage during hard times so that you can be a healing to us. It can bring peace. The last one is stanza number four, which is verse seven to, to ten, there about to nine. Isaiah saw a willing sufferer led to a slaughter, a high level of determination. He exercised that power of silence. He, he was silent. He had a right and guts to defend himself. But he remained silent. Isaiah saw the servant when Jesus will go to the cross. He will be accused by many. But he will remain silent. I used to hear a song in Kiswahili. Alikuwa na uwezo yesu wakujitetea. Lakini yesu wangu. Alinyamaza kimya, alinyamaza kimya, alinyamaza kimya, alinyamaza kimya Yesu, alinyamaza kimya. If he spoke, we would not be saved today. There is power in silence. When you are going through hardship, try to remain silent. There is power, there is profit, there is great result in being silent. Stop being a warrior. Even husband, even wife. Pray that the Lord will give you power to be silent. There is power in silence because he knew the Holy One of Israel would defend him in due course. The Holy One of Israel will defend you if you are doing the right thing. When you are falsely accused, remain silent. Even the law says that you have, you have the right to remain silent so that the lawyer can come and fight for you. No, 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 you know I did not do this. I did not hit this car. I hit from this other side, you know. You know what I mean. Now you are, your mouth will set you up. You have the right to remain silent. The lawyer will know how to do it. When you defend yourself, you say too many things. Remain silent. The lawyer, the Christ, the captain of our salvation will defend you. He knows how to do it. The power of silence he had. He saw a lamb seized not for himself but for the sinner. A butcher's rope was placed on the holy one. It is time. And it is actually me who deserved that rope. It is Abednego who deserves that rope of Isaiah's guest. He saw a sheep, a lamb, led to the slaughter with a, with a rope. And he had no sin. It is Abednego who needed to go to the butcher to be slaughtered. Yet Christ pushes Abednego with all your past and your filth, with the names that belong to you, a prostitute, a corrupt man, a killer, a gossiper, a hater. You deserve the rope, the rope to be taken to the slaughter. But Christ, the servant, would push the sinner and he would go to the slaughter. This is the guest that Isaiah sees. My life was in, 
was on his mind when he went to the cross. There is a song that I read that says, When Jesus went to the cross, my life was on his mind. When he was pierced on the reeds, my life was on his mind. Brothers and sisters, the suffering that Jesus went through, if he did not have you in his mind, although you would be born again, you would be born later, he had you in mind. You were in his mind. That is why he remained silent. This is why he did not ex exercise his own right. And the last one, oh, it was the wise answer, verse 10 to 12. Oh, so it was the father who put to him uh, grief and crushed him. Oh, it wasn't his enemies. They thought they were doing it. It wasn't them. Oh, it was the father's work and Jesus was only a servant. Oh, I see. The father wanted something out of all this. The father had wanted to make an ultimate sacrifice. God is purposeful. He is purposeful and he has a plan which must be accomplished. Nobody can stop it even if you, the cold ones, decide to sit. Let me tell you, brothers and sisters, even if you sit in the church and you stop serving, you will never stop what the Lord is planning to do. Even if Abednego says no. When I was being interviewed to join Nairobi Baptist Church and the, one of the interviewers is here, I told them how I ran away from the calling uh, to pastoral ministry. For 10 years, I ran away. But I want to tell you, I... That did not affect the ministry. The Lord's work continues. The Lord has many. He can even call others who do not even, should not even be called because he has stones. If Jijo, if people refuse to join music ministry, the Lord shall raise stones. He says, I will raise stones to sing for me. If you refuse to serve the Lord, the Lord will raise others. What he has planned to do must be accomplished. Therefore, he does not need us so very much. It is us who need him. So in conclusion, I want to give you three S's. In conclusion, the Savior was separated by the seizure. He was seized so that he is separated. The next one is he is satisfied even though seized. And finally, he is successful in a seizure. Just a sentence here that actually verse 8, he was cut off from heaven to a world he wouldn't laugh with. How can he laugh? Who was his equal to laugh with here? He was seized and therefore separated from the heavenly family so that he can save us. This is very sad. Very sad. I had a friend in America who wanted, he was my friend and they, with, his, with his wife, and his wife died. And when the wife died, I, we, I and agree, Lucia agreed to name, to name our, one of our daughters, Linda, after her. So she was Linda Sanchez. And when she died and we were following and praying with them, she wanted the sister, the, the daughter wanted Linda. And Linda was only one year, one and a half years. Hey, we said, wait a minute, Linda, to the airport to go and live with people, to be separated? No. We said no up to this day. Jesus was separated from his heavenly family so that he can save us. Number two, he was satisfied even though he was seized, verse 11. 
to see many sinners counted as righteous. You and I, it satisfies him. Although he never lived in a nice home, although he never drove nice cars, although he never became famous, he is satisfied. Although he is seized, he is satisfied when he sees you, Jemo, counted righteous. The former sinner, of course less than me, former sinners, called, counted righteous, is satisfied him. And number three, finally, successful, for verse 10 says, that uh, he would, he would be, um, uh, uh, he would, it would take long, it talks about length, that suffering has fruits at last, a spiritual offering, and, uh, uh, the, and this shall be prolonged to eternity. Praised, uh, he was praised, uh, he has to be praised by Abednego in a loving relationship in this life. Even after death, Abednego would continue to praise him. The dead we, we hear in Revelation, that the dead Matthias are hard crying, Oh Lord, how long shall we remain here before we join in the worship arena? Oh Lord, how long? Even the dead Matthias, even Stephen, he is there. A long-lasting relationship. He is successful because he prolongs, he is able to prolong what he has started because he is faithful. After that, the rapture. This fruit of perseverance shall sing the new song of the saints. In Revelation, we see the Trisagion, the, the Trisagion, the song of three words, holy, 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 which is sung to the one who is sitting on the throne, the Father. But we also go later to see the song of the Lamb, Lion Lamb, the seven words that he is worthy to receive glory and honor and praise and wisdom and riches and majesty. So the relationship will continue for long. We are born again to stay. Brothers and sisters, we are born again to stay. We are not born again to come and test the waters. We are not coming to church to test. We are born again forever. We are born again and called to an everlasting relationship. And he is committed. He's not about to give up. Even if you have given up, you need to come back. You need to come back. He is not giving up. Even when you fall into sin, he is faithful. Because he has started a long-lasting relationship. It is for the sinner that Christ was seized, and it is the sinner counted righteous that makes Christ's ministry successful. Will you be part of this heavenly success? The joy to the world. If the music team can just come here, and all of us, you can stand up just briefly. Oh, he was seized for us. Weak as we are, he loved us so much. We are so special to him. And as we do this, I would invite you to just have time privately, quietly respond to this sermon. Tell God something. Come back to him again. Just know that the Lord is going to raise stones while you are there. But he's a jealous God. He loves you so very much. Why would you not give your life to the Him? And come back if you have gone astray. Recommit your life to the Lord. And even those that are living in the Lord and you have decided to sit, I'm telling you, come to us from Germany. And He's coming to teach us on how to recite the Bible. And He's going very soon. He's actually only here to do that. There will be people from South Africa. There will be people from the village. But why? Why would you sit there? I would like to see a church of ministers, not congregants, a church of ministers who serve the Lord with all their hearts. 
because hakuna mwingine wa kuabudiwa na kufananishwa because you are the best and as you do that you are in the mood of repentance because you are special you are special king you are special friend you even call us friend you holy one of israel holy and blameless the one who knows the nonsense of here the one who is holy the one who remained holy even while you traversed this uh, unholy land you remain holy the one who is strong and who is obedient the one who has accurate words that cleanse our souls how can you call us friends how can you call us your own how can you call us your brothers that you are our first brother lord you are just amazing lord you are just awesome Lord you are just special and we come in this service to tell you thank you. You are special. This is why we shall come to you. This is why we dedicate ourselves to you. And everything that is of importance we dedicate to you because of the finished work of the cross. Oh that you took our place. You took our place and cut our rope and put it on your own neck. And now we are called the children of the Father behold what manner of love you Father has given unto us that we can be called the children of the Father Then Father we are ready to be your slaves to be your servants your children your brothers And we come to you as we repent of our sins known sins and unknown sins we take the blood of Jesus Christ that cleanses us this morning even as we come to remember you Therefore Lord as we go home we declare that we love you you taught us to love We declare that we love you Lord even as we go home in our homes we love you Even on Monday Tuesday Wednesday Thursday Friday Saturday even as we do our businesses we go to work Lord we know that we love you and you love us with everlasting love we respond back to you We love you too And therefore Lord because of your love as we go home may you bless us if you can you can raise your hands if you wish The Lord who loved you with an everlasting love may he bless you May he favor you May he show his face upon you and his countenance upon you May his goodness be yours and found easily in your struggles this week may the lord cover you with his wings may the lord fight your battles on monday may the lord show his face upon you on tuesday may he defend you on wednesday from the things that you see and the things that you don't see may he give you victory on thursday may he give you a reason to smile and turn your tears into joy friday May the Lord give you to expand and even give you wells that you never dug because he expands our territories. May he give you good health and protection even on Sunday to be able to say thank you Lord. May the Lord be yours. May you be more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus because truly you are. And this is my prayer for you to the Lord in the name of God who is the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Let's give a clap unto the Lord for what the Lord is to us.
And now let us uh, say the grace, uh, looking at one another, not like a prayer, but prophetically speaking to one another. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Amen. God bless you. We are more than conquerors.